Hey guys, welcome to the Austin Lodge Summer Podcast. Austin isn't here today, he's not feeling too good. But I'm here, and we have two very special guests. We have Kendi Malone and Tylee's Rideout. And um, they're rising seniors at McIntosh High School. And they are the two ladies behind the uh, Stay Conscious Media on Instagram, new social media page. So yeah, say hello. Hey guys. Hi guys, how are you? Yes, thank you for being on. So, um, what is the goal of your new social media page? So, for me personally, I felt inspired to make this page to really just increase awareness and education because it's one thing to just not agree, but it's another thing to just not understand. Mm -hmm. And if you understand, then we can have conversation. And conversation is really how change starts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's really important to you know, provide different perspective on different issues when, you know, having these important conversations about social justice. Um, And it's really different to have the perspective from two black girls that are still in, you know, like the education system and still want to pursue our education further. So that was really important to us as well. Definitely. So when did you guys decide to start this movement? It first became a club. Like, Talisa and I, while we were still doing virtual school, Talisa and I were FaceTiming and we just had a conversation I think we started talking about the N-word and how it should and should not be used in our like common vocabulary. And exactly. then the ne- we started talking about a whole bunch of things after that. And then the next day she FaceTimed me again and she was like, I want to start a club. So <laughs> it started out as a club. And then when George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery just kind of happened all at once, I texted her and I was like, Talise, this education thing needs to happen now. We can't okay. wait till school starts. Yeah. And that's how we started the yeah. Instagram page. And there's like no other broad way to reach different people than through social media definitely um it's one of the biggest platforms we have in the world so it was probably the most effective way for us to get our message out there and start educating people and enforce like encouraging them to care about you know politics and social justice issues that don't even apply to them so i think it's really important for us to use like the platform that we have now especially as young people in society uh did you guys face any backlash while you were planning it not as of yet. Mm-mm, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm, There's always going to be somebody. I'm, yeah. I'm still kind of bracing myself for when it's going to happen, but I've been able to like notice people who have different views than myself, and I swipe up on their Instagram stories or their Snapchat stories, but just try to engage in conversation. I don't really go trying to be aggressive because my platform is for conversation, so I right. want to access their platform with the same mindset. Exactly, and I'm sure that there have been people that you know disagree with what we have, what we have to say, and what we choose to talk about. But we haven't had anyone directly, you know, target us about, you know, um, being discriminatory or different things like yeah. that. But because um, we definitely are trying to be inclusive. Exactly, definitely. but we also haven't <laughs> been around like you know general people yet since we're right. not in school. Right. So I'm sure that there will be people that say things, but not yet. <laughs> okay, so. Um this kind of personal question what was the first time that you realized that being black was being different well um i would say it was in about ninth grade and we were in biology i'll never forget it and there was this kid that was a transfer student and personally for me he told me that i talked white <laughs> and you know like I, at that point i didn't i've never heard that before and i you know after that i'd heard it you know multiple times but Um, at that point I didn't know how to react and I didn't know that you know that was something to be you know upset about Um, and you know I was looking around and you know I didn't realize that other people talked differently than I did Mm -hmm. I just thought that I talked like myself and so when I heard it 
multiple times after that is when I realized that I was different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I guess, you know, the stereotypical type of black girl that people expected when they just saw me. Um, they, I guess they didn't expect me to be, you know, educated or eloquent or speak, you know, using expression and passion. So I think that was really my first time realizing that I was black. And I mean, I'm fortunate to say that it was so far in my education, mm-hmm. educational career, but um, it still happened. So. <laughs> Um, for me, I would definitely say eighth grade, Miss Susinski's Georgia Studies class, because that same year we were having the mock election. That was the election right, year. Right. And so Miss Susinski was really about pressing us to kind of carve out our own political identities. But I found that I was really the only person in my class who felt the way that I did. Everyone else around me was more conservative, more Republican, and it just so happened that they were also white. I was the only black person in my class, and I felt that our difference in political ideals had to come from our race. And that was just kind of emphasized when we started talking about the slavery unit, <laughs> because I just felt, every time the word slave was mentioned, I just felt all Lies, these eyes right. on me, and it was so uncomfortable. And that's when I just really became aware of my blackness. and. Yeah. I'm sad to say it hasn't really gone away. Like mm-hmm. when certain topics come up, I do still feel eyes. I still feel that like heat rise up in right. my stomach. And I'm <laughs> definitely, like, definitely. Oh. Yeah. I'll say for me, mine was well, really all through schooling, but it really hit in eighth grade. But all through school, like like elementary school and kind of middle school, I felt like I was like all the only black person in the class growing yes. up. Yeah. Especially yeah, growing up here in uh, Peachtree City, but. Um, I felt like I was always the only per- only black person in my class, and that I was kind of like a mascot almost. Yes. That with All when, from when your sl- black perspective. Exactly. Yeah, so you're a representative for the entire oh, race. For the exact yes. And I felt that like I like any time like what you say when any time like Slayer's mentioned or Brock again I'm I'm light skinned I have kind of big ears, short hair, so obviously I'm Barack Obama. It's another thing. Oh wow. But, um, oh my gosh. And I, to, to this yes. day. I mean, there's this guy, I'm not going to say any names, but um, in my history class this year, kept calling me Obama, because I look like Obama. Anyway, but uh, back to, so I also, I was like the mascot, and then my, all through my life, my parents have been showing us examples, taking us to museums, and educating us on how, on our history. And, like, I remember going to underground railroad houses. We went to Obama's inauguration in 2008. Oh my gosh. It was a really great experience. And I, and I applaud Thanks. I applaud them, just my parents, if they, uh, they listen. Yeah, they definitely listen. <laughs> but I applaud them again. I spoke about this at the protest too, but I applaud them for just ha- teaching us on how to be black in America and definitely. where we've come from. Because not a lot of people have that. Anyway, so um, I remember in eighth grade, we went to the National African American History Museum was in D.C. at the New Smithsonian Museum. Mm-hmm. And it had just opened me at, like, the hookup from a friend. And it was a great experience. And I bought, I remember I was on punishment at the time, but I bought a book about the autobiography of Malcolm X because I never, I didn't know, I knew who he was, but I didn't, I didn't know who he was. And I read it, and he talked about how, growing up, how he was a mascot in his class, how he was, like, because he was the only, person, only black person in his class, and how he grew up as that mascot. He thought the N-word was his name because they called him so many times. And I feel like, con- and going into that book, I feel like connection, like, okay, this is, like, okay, like, this is, this is, like, me, this is, I'm, I'm different, like, and that's, like, really when I open my eyes up. No but, yeah, and I grew up with, 
white friends. Like I've grown up, and I love my love my best friends. But just, I've always felt like I've been that odd person. Different. Yeah, yeah, you've always felt different, and I think yeah. that there's like this instilled colorism, especially mm-hmm. in education that you know you are unique if you can get you know a certain amount of like black kids in like your gifted or enrichment program right. you know what i mean or you know how hard it is for there to be a diverse group of people in a certain group in school you know what i mean so i think that um feeling different is a part of the situation and um you know it's hard being considered like the token or you know the representative for the whole race because it happens so frequently that people don't even understand how that puts you in an uncomfortable position or it's just not right to do that because you can't speak for the whole race you're just one person in a large pool of people yeah exactly all right so let's go more into the current events of today so in the wake of all the murders of brown taylor and ahmaud aubrey and george floyd hello Hi. <laughs> so um there have been a lot of uh there have been a lot of protests going on uh around the world and bye bye. Uh, <laughs> so how do you guys feel about like okay um where were you guys when you heard the news and how did you feel about George Floyd? Oh, um Sorry. that was a weird question. I have a no you're fine. I have a New York Times subscription, and mm-hmm. um, I woke up, and I have I get the push notification when I wake up, and so I got it, and then I watched the, no, I didn't watch the video immediately, but I read it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, but how it kind of registered, it was just like, oh, another black person died, right. but then I see it all over Instagram, mm-hmm. and all over Twitter, and I'm like, okay, what's, what's so different about this one, you know, right. and then that's when I like read the details of the what happened and I'm like this is this is crazy and I immediately thought this incident cannot so easily be misconstrued as an accident Definitely. and I felt like this is going to mean something mm-hmm. um, I think I was with my mom actually we were watching the news and um, you know she my mother is a lawyer and I think she has always done a really good job of like explaining things thoroughly and allowing me to understand that I'm not I'm never always going to be in that situation so I can't just put my perspective immediately so um you know she laid out everything that she knew and told me and she was like what do you think about it and so I think I you know was in shock (laughs) and you know at first I was just like you know you're almost numb to them at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, of course, this happened again. But I think people are angry and tired. We've been in quarantine. They, a lot of people, a lot of people don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. So now people are just frustrated, and it's an escalated situation. And it's sad that another life had to be taken for, you know, real change to start right. happening. And so, you know, we, I saw it in a different light. You know, I. You know, I used, when I was little and younger, I always was like, you know, it's always, you know, black men, especially me being a woman. I never really had seen instances where it was a woman. And so, like, when Breonna Taylor happened, I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, you never connect with it until it happens to someone exactly like you. Exactly. So, you know, that was, and I mean, she was innocent. She, you know, was striving, hardworking woman. And now I've never felt more passionate about the situation. So. I know for me, just it, I feel that you get numb to it. Cause I remember I was in elementary school and Trevor Martin was killed, oh, and yes. just how 
people don't understand how we have to prepare for runners with the police like I remember having that talk I mean when you say the talk you think feels like oh it's the sex talk yeah but exactly. it's you're it's what to do when you're pulled, you're pulled over by the police yeah and so just I was sad and I was angry still but again there's still that piece of you that's numb to it because it yes. happens so much mm-hmm. but I am glad that now people are starting to and I'm sad it took so long but I'm happy that people are starting to wake up and see what's going on no mm-hmm. definitely yeah so um there have been protests here in Peachtree City and around our community. Uh, we're at that age where we can, where we're being able to seen, be seen as young adults and can share our voices. So, what you guys have been, and you guys have been both been to protest. So, what is your, what is, what is, uh, what's so important to you about protest? Like, what, what makes protesting important to you guys? Well, I would say that. <laughs> sorry, I would say that um, protesting shows that you care like as cheesy as it sounds it you know I mean it shows that you care about the situation I mean you know silence is siding with the side of the oppressor at this point you know what I mean like at this point you know you can't be neutral in times like this I mean change is happening whether we care about it regardless and um you know it's different to be black at a, a protest but for you to be protesting about a situation that does not even pertain to you is something that's so powerful. I mean, let your voice be heard. And especially, I mean, at the end of the day, you are going to be living with yourself forever. Are you going to be happy with the choices you're making when change is happening around you? Are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to sit back and watch things happen as you be a bystander? And I would never let myself, I know personally, I'm a very passionate and outspoken person. So. I will never let myself, you know, just go with the flow, if that makes sense. I want to be a part of change, and it's very important for me to be on the right side of history, if that makes sense. For me, I feel that protesting is a part of your language, what you're saying about something. So by me being there, it already shows my discontent, and it shows my position on the issue. I'm here for change. and. Like, the legacy of my predecessors show me that protesting works, but it's not the final step. Right. Exactly. I I protest to just know who I stand with and Mm -hmm. then just to make it known that my stance is my stance and I'm here for change. But I don't protest just to let it be done. Right. Protesting is just the stepping stone, you know? Like, I go and then I get inspiration from the people I see, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, okay, now here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I need to do to make stuff happen. Yep, and protesting leads to, like, that legislation and the litigation and the change in political stances in the government. So that's just the final, like, the first thing you can do. Yeah. I mean, without having to have any money or, you know, putting yourself out there to be in danger. It's something that you can do with no repercussions, you know? It's your right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think that it's definitely, it's for the change, and it starts to ignite the fire for change. Mm-hmm. And I, this is going to, I know this is a, it's a, it's a historical event. Like, this is going to be taught to our children. And so another thing is you want to be on the right side of history. You don't want to be quiet about exactly. this stuff and you want to show your anger hey everyone uh this is elijah and here's a quick thing so due to the data limit on where i put the podcast on i have to cut this one in half so um, this is going to be part one and then i'll have a part two that i'll put up after i finish editing this one 
But yeah, and then I'll put on the other one. I'm the beginning of it's part two, so then you'll know just in case. But yeah, but this is part one, and then part two will be coming a little bit later. All right, thank you.